Welcome back. We're glad you have chosen to join us as Pastor Sage continues his message from Psalm 32, entitled, The Blessing of Being Forgiven. Here's Pastor Sage. David acknowledged his sin. He stopped hiding it. He stopped lying about its existence at, to himself in his head. You ever done that? It's ridiculous. Why do we do that? We think in our head over and over, that's not there. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. The whole skeleton in your closet thing, you shove it in there, you lock it, and you're like, I don't need to get anything out of the closet anymore. And you just ignore its very existence. At some point, the first step to this is you need to acknowledge that that's there. Out loud, there's a skeleton in the closet. It's there. I did, there's something I did. There's something I did. I, I sinned. And then second, David confessed his sin. He told God what he did. Did God not already know what David had done? Obviously, God knew. So then why did David confess? I know people ask this question. Because in confessing our sin, in confessing his sin, he is giving it to the Lord rather than hiding it in the closet to play with later. Because that's what we're doing. We're just, we're just kind of, it's kind of like a, uh, just something we're, we're, we're gonna hang on to so we can play with it later. So we can, uh, we can mess around with it. You know, that, that's, not, that's not repentance. Repentance isn't keeping it under the table. Repentance isn't hiding it somewhere. Repentance is bringing it into the light. Here's the truth. If you have sin that is unconfessed, you're never gonna beat that sin. Instead, as that sin festers in the dark, your sin will grow out of control until you affect everyone around you. Have you guys ever seen, I'm sure if you've done uh, grounds work, you've seen vines taking over a certain area with trees and bushes, and they're, you, know, you see it with, before the vines, and then over time you see the vines slowly taking over. And if you try to do yard work, you try to cut those vines up, it is a pain in the butt because they wrap everything up and they are tight on there. The sin, our sin, when we hide it, when we let it fester, it's the same thing. It's just growing worse and worse and worse. And when you deal with it, it's, it's gonna take time and it's gonna take pain. It's gonna be very frustrating. Don't let your sin grow out of control by letting it hide and grow. Instead, bring your sin into the light and let it shrivel up and let it die. This is mostly applying to you and the Lord. However, confession must occur to others in certain situations. If you, it, it really depends on your situation. If you're living with your parents um, and you need to confess to them something that you did because you live under their household, then that's someone you need to confess to, as well as the Lord. More, I think, a, a big one is that within marriage, I think within marriage, a lot of people are not desiring Oh, not desiring, obviously, but not doing, not confessing their sins to their spouse. But the reality is, if you are married in this room, your sin is affecting your spouse, even if he or she doesn't know about it. It is affecting them greatly. So you need to confess to your spouse. It's very important that you do, because if you don't, you're gonna destroy your marriage. Take it from me, a 21-year-old who's been married for a year. I know. <laughs> I know everything about marriage. It's not true. I know that part though. Now we see God's response to David's acknowledgement of his sin and his confession. We see in response to what David did, in response to his, he acknowledged his sin, in response to him confessing his sin, what does God do? It says God forgave David's sin. Forgiveness is found in confession and repentance. So many believers desire forgiveness, but they don't want to do the things that lead to it. They don't want to confess and they don't want to repent. But guess what? That's not how it works. 
You can't, you can't have the forgiveness without doing those things. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he being Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful to do it. He's faithful he, because he loves you. Because what you did, because you, that came out wrong. Not be, our forgiveness is not something that we earn by any means. Uh, truthfully, we don't deserve forgiveness as I've talked about already. However, when you confess your sin, when you repent from your sin, Jesus, he's going to forgive you. The key word that's used in this verse of 1 John 1, 9 is if we confess our sins. You have to be confessing your sin to the Lord daily. Furthermore, we should be confessing our sin to one another. I don't mean that we're gonna have a, a whole line of people and I want you guys to just come up here and start spouting about your sin. That's not, not necessarily what needs to be done there. But you need to, if you have not talked to anyone about your sin, you've gotta find someone. Some sort of accountability partner of sorts. Someone who you trust, who you love, that loves Jesus. You need to talk to them about your sin. Because as long as you're not talking about it, your sin is going to grow worse and worse and worse. And I don't want that to happen to you. It's happened to me before. It's not fun. I'm sure it's happened to some of you as well. Confess your sin to one another. It's very important. Next part, David says, therefore let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. This verse seems kind of strange. David is giving instruction for the believer who has begun to backslide. After they return to God, the, the, the believer who's backsliding, he says that they need to, uh, they need to pray. So why? why? Why do we need to pray? When we get caught up in sin, the sin of who we once were, of our old selves, we forget who God is and we lose our passion for him. So David is telling us that upon finding God after backsliding, we need to pray. In praying, you remind yourself of who God is and that he is present and that he's there. Prayer is important. If you've fallen into sin and you're trying to come back, you need to pray. You need to remember who God is. You need to be in God's word. You need to hear his response to you by reading. That is so important. David then begins to tell us three truths for the one whose sins are forgiven. Three truths. So that if, if you're a believer in here, these truths are for you. First, he says, he is protected. That verse uh, that backs us up is, it says, surely in the rush of great waters, uh, surely the rush of great waters shall not reach him, him being the forgiven one. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. God does not just forgive you and then forget about you. Instead, he resides in you and he protects you. God needs to be your hiding place. And you might think, you, you might have pride. You might say, I, I, I don't hide. I, I take things head on. I can deal with my stuff. That is wrong. And that is prideful. The most humble thing that you need to do is you need to confess that you need to hide behind Jesus. He is your hiding place. He is all of our hiding place. Hide in him. When someone, come back, when someone comes at you, when someone is questioning your faith, you need to hide behind Jesus. Not as in don't talk to them, as in go to them and speak the word boldly to them. Hide behind Jesus as use his words and not your own. Because his words are true and authentic and sufficient and ours are flawed. You want pr true protection in life, you must hide in the Lord Jesus for he is the only one that can, that can protect you and preserve you. Number two, the forgiven one is victorious. 
You surround me with shouts of deliverance is what this verse says. Look at the wording here. He says, David is not saying after you forgave me, I was then victorious. I was then, I delivered myself out of, out of my situations. That's not what he's saying. David's not saying that. Instead, he is saying that God surrounds him with shouts of deliverance. This is not David's work done for his own life, but this is God's work done for his life. God is doing this in his life. In Christ alone, we find victory. We find deliverance from our sins. And without him, we'll never succeed. Because guess what? You're too weak. I'm too weak. You can't beat your sin without Jesus. You can't. People in the world try to do it. They have self-help books, their own little Bibles, their own gospels that they preach to each other. And those things don't work. They just don't. They're all band-aids for very, very bad issues in their lives. They're trying to fix spiritual problems with the world. It just doesn't work. So please don't fall into what the world does. If you're a believer in here, which I, I know most of you are, you need to look to Jesus for your deliverance from your sin. Stop looking to the world. The world can't help you. Number three, another truth for the forgiven one is he is counseled. David changes perspective for this part and he begins to, to speak as if from God's perspective. Really, it's God speaking through him. And he says, I, at this point, it's I, God, will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. This is a good truth. God not only protects us, he not only delivers us, but he counsels us. He instructs us on what to do and leads us as we do it. This is what leads to victory. This is what leads to deliverance. You know how people say it's, it's better to teach a man to fish rather than just give him a fish? You know, because he eats a fish and guess what? He's gonna need another fish. He don't know how to get it. So you gotta teach a man how to fish. Well, God is doing that for us. God is teaching us what to do there. He doesn't leave us hopeless, just waiting for him to do something, to do everything for us. Instead, using his word, God instructs us and leads us to know him more. And in knowing Christ more, we find more victories and we find more protection. It's this beautiful cycle. Be in God's word with everything. Because the instruction that he's talking about here, that's this, that's, that's right here. If you have a Bible, which... All of us have access to God's word. If you have a phone or you're in this church right now, <laughs> you need to be in that. And he gives us more uh, further instruction about listening to his instructions. David says, be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curved with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near, stay near you. So horses and mules are examples of animals that are not easily guided. They don't really listen. You try to jump on a wild mule, it's not gonna go well for you. David is describing himself in sin as a wild mule that is not easily guided. These animals that will not submit and obey are usually constrained by a bit or a bridle. Some of you uh, may experience this. Uh, I don't know if anyone has donkeys or horses, uh, but you know, without that, they're, a lot of times they're not gonna listen. They won't obey where you want them to go. So uh, David instructs us not to be like horses and mules. Don't be like a donkey. It's really easy. A commentator named uh, David Guzik says this about this passage. He says, David understood this to describe his condition and his season of unconfessed sin. He, David, was like a stubborn animal that could only be guided through pain or severity. So what is our bit? What is our bridle? It's pain and severity. 
That's what that commentator is saying. It's hardships in life. Sometimes we become so entrapped and so, so focused and lost in our sin that we won't listen to God's prodding. And so what God does is he sends us through hard times. And that's a, a, something that people are like, wait, what? No, God would never do that. No, that's, it's, it's for our own shaping. He's shaping us. He's refining us. It hurts a little bit, yeah, but that's okay because he's doing it so that we can realize the depth of our sin and turn from it and repent from it. Just like a stubborn mule who would not obey with a bit or bridle, David saw himself as one who would not return to God without having to go through difficult times. David saw this in his own life. David thought, I, I, why is it that I have to go through these difficult times in order to see my sin and repent from it? So don't be like that. Realize what your sin is in the first place and, and deal with it there. Take it to the cross immediately. Let's stop letting it get out of hand like those vines. David's ends, David ends this psalm with a truth for unbelievers and a truth for the believers in verse 10. In order to emphasize the in order to emphasize the blessedness and the joy found in the Lord, found in forgiveness, David compares what it is like for the wicked and what it is like for the righteous. First he says, many are the sorrows for the wicked. If you don't know Jesus in here, this part is for you. It's not very happy. Many are the sorrows for the wicked. If you've not tasted the forgiveness found in Christ, then this truth is for you. Many sorrows. You will never be satisfied you will never find true joy or true blessedness. You won't ever be content, just miserable with no explanation for why things are the way that they are. Honestly, I don't understand why people desire to be agnostic and atheist because that is the most like, miserable worldview. There's no hope in it. There's no explanation. It's, it's just miserable. It's full of sorrows. And that's what the world is, just sorrowful. But look at what it says for us. For us believers. But steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Steadfast love surrounds the one that trusts in the Lord. While the wicked are enveloped in sorrows and depression, the one who trusts in Jesus is surrounded with enduring eternal love. How sweet a truth. The Lord Jesus surrounds us with his perfect love simply because he loves us. That's why he does it. It's because he loves us. I believe that he's referring to the church here as well. The one who trusts in the Lord will be surrounded by other loving believers who care. Listen, this church, David Baptist Church, is a fantastic church. It is extremely intentional and loving. And if you have sin that you're struggling with, if you have something you're hiding that you don't know what to do with anymore, you need to talk to someone about it. You have to. This church is a great place to do it. I could name 20 people that would love to talk to you and guide you through the process. That is that surrounding of love that David's talking about. That's what that is. The church is when you're surrounded in the love of Christ. God loves us through his church. He loves you through his church. So you should not forsake the church. Don't forsake it. Be here when you can, serve when you can. Not just when you can, but really make the effort to serve. Be there. Make the effort to be here, to worship. Show up to church. Be present. Don't just be hiding on your phone or not listening or sleeping. Although I understand the temptation to sleep. <laughs> it happens. 
So this leads us to our application. I know I have a verse left, but it, the, the last verse I have is for application as well. But first I wanna to talk to the unbeliever. Your, the application for anyone who doesn't know Jesus in here is very simple. You need to recognize your need for forgiveness and then you need to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Be forgiven of your sins. That's the only place you'll find forgiveness. You won't find it anywhere else. You won't. You'll have a lost and sorrowful life. and That's not worth it. Put your faith in Jesus and find that joy that we're talking about, that blessedness. Now for the believer, the application is found in verse 11. This is what verse 11 says. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Christians, you need to be rejoicing constantly because something miraculous and undeserving has happened to you. Your sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven. Everything you've done, look in the past. It's really easy. David talks about in Psalm 51, my sin is ever present before me. I can relate to that so much. It's like, the, like constantly my mind is flooded with my past sin and my current sin. It's like the enemy is trying to make me feel like, like I'm not worth it. But Romans 8.1 one, Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, you will not be condemned for your sin. What a good truth that we do not deserve, but praise God that we got it. Jesus gave that to you. So with that being said, just as that, the end of this psalm says, we need to be glad in the Lord and we need to rejoice. There's so many people in this world that are Christians and they live their life depressed and sad and just angry at everything and constantly complaining. Come on, you've been forgiven of your sin. You're not gonna be condemned. You should be glad constantly regardless of what's happening. That's that joy that's eternal, that blessedness. It is constant, it continues through your whole life. Even if you're sad because something happens, you still have joy in Christ. That, that bad thing that happened in your life is not going to destroy you and keep you down until you're dead. It's not gonna lead to your death. Your sins have been put to death and destroyed and now you won't be condemned. So live your life glad and live seeking to make others glad in Christ. No Christian should live lives constantly depressed and sad. I don't care what's going on. Remember this. You deserve hellfire. You deserve death. But Jesus Christ forgave you. Jesus Christ, who is God over everything, the sustainer of the universe, he forgave you for your sins. And now you get to live with Christ forever. So that's our application. Be glad, rejoice constantly. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for this truth found in your word. Thank you for this beautiful psalm that you've blessed us with and, and for David's life and that we can learn from it. God, I pray that you lead us to respond to this, respond to this truth found in your word with submission, that we would submit to what you want us to do. We'd submit to your will. We'd submit to your way, Lord, because you are holy and you are good and we can trust you and your way is better than ours. And Lord, if anyone in here does not know you tonight, I pray that you would be in the midst of their hearts, that you would show them this forgiveness and you'd save their souls. Jesus, we love you. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. This year at Britt David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ 
with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.